When I turned 62 years old, I went for my full physical. Uh, and I got a report from all of it was good except one area of my blood test. And uh, it was a shock to me, the area that uh, there was a need in. I didn't know when to ask for prayer. I didn't know when was the appropriate time to turn loose of my faith for healing in that particular area. I was 62 years old, and uh, there was a real overreaction to the fact that I had I had, had a stroke uh, just previous to that. And, uh, uh, you know, the doctor, he was pretty grim about certain, certain areas. But, you know, the Lord is a healer today. He really is. And man... God uses men, and I'm not anti-medicine, anti-doctor. I'm not one of those people because I'm not anti-automobile either. I like driving my car. I don't just uh, go out by faith that someone's going to pick me up. Uber even charges, right? And they might shoot you. You never know. I mean, it, it's crazy out there. But the point is, I was uh, service was we'd had a men's breakfast, and everybody was gone except Terry and, and uh, Brother Doug. And we were starting out the door, and it's like the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm still here. Why don't you ask for prayer right now? And so I asked them. I said, there's a need. And we had just been teaching on the God of miracles, the God of wonders, who has a God like our God. Amen. Mighty in wonders, working wonders. Who has a God like that? And I, I remember there's a point in the sermon, I said, Lord, mark us with miracles. Distinguish yourself and distinguish us as your people because you answer our prayers. You hear our cry. You help us. And, and I told Doug and, 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 and Terry, I said, pray for me. There's a need right now that I need healing in an area of my life. And so they begin to pray for me. And I'll... I broke in the presence of God. You know, when you are facing things and, and you're facing them with your own emotions, you, you don't just, you know, dance all over the place. You, you feel the pressure and, and fear comes to you. You know, the Bible didn't say don't ever be afraid. It said fear not. Don't dwell in fear. Don't let fear capture you, captivate your mind and torment you. But it's, David put it this way, what time I'm afraid. I will trust in you. That's when it backfires on the devil. When the fear comes and we put our trust more deeply in God, uh, then the peace comes. And the Bible said he will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. And it's not just thinking about him, but in a particular way, because he trusteth in me. Can you say, man, it's putting that trust in him. And uh, I remember as they were praying for me, there was compassion in that prayer. Uh, faith is born out of love. Faith worketh by love. And, and we were all in a weepy state at that moment. And I remember Doug saying, Lord, heal him, whatever the need is, and mark us with miracles. That's when I get a dividend from what's been sown ministerially. And I thought it's coming back to me right now because someone is praying the prayer of faith because they've got faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I chose, I said, this is it. This 
is my point of contact. Now, I am 71 and a half, do the math, from 62, and not one symptom, not one problem in that particular area. And I've got a philosophy. If you pray and everything is wonderful, if it ain't broke, thank you for that. Amen. It ain't broke because God fixed it when I released my faith. Amen. On that day. And it's an incredible thing that just three brothers together and God shows up and God shows out. His name is a point of contact. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He shall give it you. He's such a wonderful Savior today. And He is a healer today. Praise God. Amen. I, I just, I, I don't know how this service is going, but I feel like there's somebody here that's going to receive today. I feel like there's a healing coming today. Now you may be seated for just a few moments, and we're going to move in that area before we receive our offering and receive Holy Communion. Some time ago, the prophecy teacher, what, what was his name? The guy with the Van Dyke that teaches prophecy, spirit-filled guy? Perry Stone. He taught a message on the meal that heals, and he's talking about remembering the healing aspects of Holy Communion. Now, the Bible doesn't say anywhere that during a Holy Communion service, anyone was healed, that that is a healing service in and of itself. But if you really get what Holy Communion is, you can receive faith to be healed through Holy Communion. Because if it becomes just another one of those routines and rituals of the church, and we don't really grasp the real meaning of it, what did it mean, this celebration of a Passover where Jesus changed it forever? Hallelujah. When he said, picked up the bread and said, this is my body broken for you. He picked up the cup and said, this is my blood that is shed for the remission of sins of many. As often as you drink it, you show the Lord's death till he come. Amen. And then the Bible went on to say that Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. And if you don't get the Passover, you won't appreciate what that really, really means. What happened at the Passover? I love that great song, When I See the Blood. When that old hymn of the faith some when i see the blood i will pass over you and from the time of that that deliverance from egypt till now uh, there has been a celebration but it's different in the new covenant they celebrated it until the new covenant after the new covenant they celebrated it but they celebrated christ as being our passover hallelujah the last plague in Egypt was the one that would make them finally break down and get to the point of letting God's people go like he commanded. The last plague was that the first, what is the firstborn of every household was going to die. Death angel was going to come into Egypt. But God's people were going to be protected if they took a lamb without blemish and they slayed the lamb. They took the blood and they put it on the three posts of the door. It actually covered the threshold. It couldn't help it because they didn't use a, a wonderful, expensive paintbrush to be neat. They were 
dabbing the blood usually with one of the plants that grew called hyssop. And they would dip the hyssop in and they would dab the blood and they just smeared it on all three sides. And from the lintel, it dripped to the threshold. So there wasn't any area into that home that wasn't marked with the blood of the lamb. And God said, I want you to do more than just put the blood on the doorpost. I want you to eat the lamb. I want you to eat the lamb. There's a purpose in the bread. There's a purpose in his body being broken, not just his blood being shed alone. They ate the lamb and they were to eat it with their staff in their hand. You know what that meant? They were to demonstrate faith that he was going to deliver them from Egypt and it was going to come, that deliverance is going to come through the blood and the body of that little sacrifice lamb. All of the power over the most powerful nation in the world with the most powerful army, the most powerful influential nation was Egypt. It was going to be confronted because of the broken body and the shed blood of that little lamb. Now, Psalm 105 says something interested. Uh, it says that, well, number one, not even a dog was able to bark in another portion of Scripture. It might be in Psalm 105. Not even a dog. When they left, not even a dog. When God does deliver, believe me, it's a done deal. You don't have to exaggerate it, embellish it. When God heals you, you're healed. Amen? I mean, you are healed. I mean, it is a done deal. When God healed me of leukemia, I was healed. 150% healed. Never had a, a problem with any of those cells showing up on a blood test or anything. And by the way, that wasn't the thing uh, that I was being prayed for. But the thing I was being prayed for uh, was healed on that very day. Thank God he's a healing Jesus today. And when people argue about that, be sure and let them know that if he answers a prayer, if he answers a prayer, do you believe God answers prayer? Because it's the prayer is of faith and God answering and honoring faith that becomes the issue for healing. It's not a faith healer. There's a lot of charlatans go out in his name claiming to be faith healers. No, it is God healing. Through the name of Jesus in response to prayer and faith. Glory to God. That's entirely different. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. The Lord shall raise them up. I love the way God talks, don't you? Because you can't help but get faith from Him because He don't mince words. And today there's a movement against healing in particular. Against anything that comes out of the Spirit-filled or charismatic movement and there's been a lot of foolishness and there's been a lot of folly and a lot of misrepresentation and the devil would like to shut down those who know there's more to serving God than just going to church and for all practical purposes being as helpless and hopeless as the world about us we are not as others who have no hope and that's not just a funeral thing that's an everything can you say man the Bible said in times past we were, we were without God and without hope in this present world. But the moment we came to Christ, all of that changed. Every bit of that changed. 
I'm so glad to be 71 and a half and not have a symptom of what was supposed to be going on in my body at 62 years of age. Because on that day at the Holy Church of God with two brothers, and it wasn't, the two brothers wasn't oral and uh, orals with the Lord now. Who else had a great healing ministry? T.L. Osborne. It wasn't two men known for that. It just said call elders. And these were not elders in the sense of being that old, except for Terry. <laughs> Elder is not about your age. It's about your stage of spiritual development. White hair don't make you an elder spiritually. It's not how long you've been on the road. It's how far you've traveled. Can you say, man? And he's getting gray in his beard, but he don't have it in his hair. So he's even shaking his head. Hallelujah. It's the mature ones. Everybody say mature one. Someone who is strong enough in God, strong enough in faith to pray the prayer of what? The prayer of faith. Hallelujah. So I decided they're praying the prayer of faith. I have faith in you. I'm going to trust you right here. This is my point of contact. And when Doug said, mark us with miracles, I said, I'm going to receive mine right here, right now. I'm going to lay my claim on mine right here in this holy moment. Amen. Even churches that were strong in this area have ceased to practice the laying hands on the sick. Amen. Amen. A lady called me. I told you about her. A pastor said to her who has an incurable situation that's going to debilitate her slowly. She's a she's she's. Young, considerably young, and, and, and there's no hope from the doctors. And when you don't have any hope from the doctors and you have no hope at church, you're in trouble. No hope in God. He told her, says, I don't believe. She asked for prayer and he said, I don't believe. Boy, this is bad stuff. I wouldn't take my dog to him. I, I mean, I'm not trying to be mean. I'm telling you the truth. If he doesn't believe that God answers prayer, if he don't believe that God heals today, uh, I, I, I personally don't go to those kind of churches. I just don't go there. They can't help me when I have a real need. I don't care how big their parking lot is or how big their cathedral is. or You know, it doesn't matter to me when I have a need. Just show me two brothers that believe and get me in a faith condition where I can receive. And I, she called me and said, Brother Venable, I know where you stand on this. And I said, yes, ma'am. And I'm not going to change my stand on this issue because I wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't be preaching today. I wouldn't have been a daddy to my kids or a husband to my wife if I had died of leukemia, which when the doctors threw up their hands, that's what was about to happen. But thank God they took me to a church. Amen. What is it? I just come from a turned on church where they were praising the Lord. They took me for a church where people were being prayed for and miracles were occurring. A church that was filled with prayer. Uh, seven days a week they met for prayer. The Hodges met there for prayer. Sister Hodges met in the mornings. It was downtown Tampa. Brother Joe Woodward was the pastor. And I remember it, it wasn't he who prayed for me. It was an evangelist named Freddie Gray. I remember, you know, all my memories are coming back. My short term is going. My long term is working again. Hallelujah. I'm balancing out here today. Brother Freddie Gray prayed for me. And I remember my mama taking me down. I remember the first time in my life that I experienced the presence of God. And I did it at eight years old with a death sentence from the doctor hanging over me. 
dying from leukemia. No bone marrow transplant. No St. Jude's Hospital. No insurance. They wouldn't do nothing for me except admit me to the county hospital. He said, but it gets in its last stages. When I'm dying, they would give me some morphine to help me to go peacefully. And I would have never seen my ninth birthday had God not intervened. I was in a church where healing was taught, where the prayer was offered for the sick. And so when they said, if there's any sick, let them come. The evangelist, here we come. My mama, who wasn't even a believer, grabbed me by the hand, but she believed that God could do things. She just didn't trust Christ yet as her Savior. And she grabbed me by the hand and took me forward. First encounter I had with the power and presence of God. Amen. The closer I got to where prayer was occurring, the more I sensed the presence of God. And, and how did you sense it? Well, to me, it was a tingling in my feet. You say, well, you were just stressed. and uh, You know, stress don't heal you. You can say anything you want to. <laughs> Amen. But I felt it. I felt the tingling. But I felt the holy, too. And as a child, I didn't know how to experience it, explain it, except that I knew there's something going on here, and it's not business as usual at church. <laughs> Amen. It began to come up my body. By the time I got to the be prayed for it was from my head to my feet it felt like i was tingling all over like the like electric like static electricity like the hair was standing up on my body <laughs> Amen. and and uh, the evangelist turned and he was not an educated man uh, medically or personally but he he knew the lord and he knew the power that was available through the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he, he, my mama started to say, pray for him. He has Lou. She got the Lou of leukemia out. And he said, I rebuke cancer in this boy's blood in the name of Jesus. I curse it and I command it to go from him right now in Jesus' name. And that was the point of contact. That prayer of faith that was my point of contact. I, I, was, I, I grew up. Dad took me to Jack Coe. Have anybody heard of Jack Coe? Mighty healing ministry. Amen. They, I would go under the tent and crutches were, were hanging all across the tent of people who laid them down and walked out of there without them. Wheelchairs were standing in the corner where people had walked out of the wheel. Not just got up and sat back down. I'm talking about walked out. Amen. I went into Oral Roberts' tent meetings. I went into Catherine Kuhlman. My, my grandmother went to Catherine Kuhlman's meeting when I was a child, and she had an incurable back condition, my great-grandmother, and God completely healed her in that meeting, and she never had a back problem to the day she died. She fell in her 90s and broke her hip, and that began the beginning of her going to heaven. But the back problem never reoccurred that they said was incurable. Amen. So I grew up in the presence and power of God. I grew up watching God work. And somehow or another, I just can't get used to a full gospel church without a God like that. I mean, I just can't. It's unacceptable to me. I can't, I can't believe that we don't see that God moving. Has He decided not to do this anymore? Are we in some dispensation where God draws back from us? His promises are no longer yea and amen. Well, I, I, I scratch my head about those things. 
Jesus said, as your faith be, as your faith be, as your faith be. Can I get an amen? This is the words of Jesus. As your, I guard my faith. I don't listen to just anybody. I got a Holy Ghost filter called the Bible. It filters everything everybody says and puts it alongside what he has to say. And I don't know about you, but I want God to have the last word. I want God to have the last word. Psalm 91. Psalm 91. This thing has to get so personal with you and me. You, you can't. My son and I used to get into these. It wasn't an argument. He was just saying, Dad, I, I know God can heal. I know He healed you. I see it. But he said, as for me, and he had that, he had that guilt of the lifestyle he had lived so long and the damage it had done to his body hanging over him. And it hurt him from believing God for healing. I've seen this over and over and over again. The accuser of the brethren will point his finger at you and try to disqualify you from believing God. And guess what? As your faith be, so be it unto you. If thou canst believe, what happens? All things are possible. Now, of course, that's, it can't be outside of his will. It has to be in His will, but that's why the Word is so important because the will of God is revealed in His Word in so many areas. If you find a promise in the Word of God, a person made that promise. And if He didn't want you to have it, He wouldn't have promised it. If He has to purpose it before He promises it. But if He promises it, He's not a man that He should lie. He's not the Son of Man that He should repent. In other words, He will never have to say, I'm sorry for not telling you the truth. I'm sorry for not backing up my word. Because in Him, there's no darkness at all. It's not that He chooses not to lie. Our God cannot lie. And He swore to David, I won't lie to you. If I promise you restoration, it's coming. If I pro in fact, once I promise it, as far as I'm concerned, it's done. It's not up to me anymore. It's up to you to receive it. That's why the promise... How long did it take them to get to the promised land? They had the promise. They had the promise. It took... You know how far it was from where they were to where He wanted, purposed them to be? It was ten miles. Geographically, they could have made, well, it was somewhere in that neighborhood. They could have made it in 40 days. Here's the deal. They could have been in the promised land in 40 days with time to spare. But they wandered with a promise, with a purpose and the promise of God. They wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. It took them 40 years to make a 40-day journey. And why? How come? Why didn't God just pick them up and put them in? Because there is a law of faith. As your... That didn't just happen in the New Covenant. 
That's not when the law of faith was established. Abraham believed God. And it was counted him righteousness. Can you say? He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in what? Faith. When did that occur? New covenant? No. Way back in the old covenant. God has honored faith from day one. And the reason He honors faith is because faith honors Him. Faith honors Him. Faith. I'm bragging on Him today. I'm honoring Him. The life I lead is an honor to God. When they diagnosed you with a blood condition, and they didn't know what it was, and they didn't find it so they couldn't fix it, He came for prayer. He put in part of His testimony that He came and had hands laid on Him. And God healed that blood condition. Mike, are you healed today? Amen. Absolutely. Are you glad you were in a church that saw what we have seen? That believed what we believe so you could receive that in your life when you needed it? I'm glad to be here today with you. Amen. I know there's a lot of other things going on in churches, even Pentecostal churches, to get people's attention. When God healed me of a stroke, they prayed for me in Alabama. In a church of, what, about a thousand? Full gospel church in Alabama where my aunt attends church. She asked for prayer for me. And I think that was on a whatever service they were in. It must have been a Sunday. By, by, by Wednesday, I was out of the hospital. I went in on a Monday morning. And Tuesday morning, I came out of the hospital. Tuesday morning I went in. Tuesday, Wednesday. Anyway, the next Sunday, after the next service after prayer, she stood up and said, I want to give a praise report. Because it had been reported to her that God had raised me up with no symptoms completely. And the whole church, I understand. Oh, she, she called directly to the hospital. Thank God for Aunt Nell. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank God for my Aunt Nell. Now, not only did she call to check on me, but she asked prayer for me. And they prayed. And when they heard that God had did it, when they heard that God had did it, you see, I'm telling something everybody here knows. It's not fresh to you, but it should be encouraging to you to know that God hasn't changed. That this is available for every... Well, look, Brother Venable, you have great faith. Listen, I've got a great Father. I've got a faithful God. I've got people that will pray for me with tears in their eyes because they, they love me. They care about me. You just Listen, you can find people to... I'll pray for you, brother. Yes, yes, heal him. Yes, Lord. He, and they never do. Or if they do, they don't pray in faith. And if they pray in faith, they don't pray with compassion. But there's something about faith and love flowing together. When Jesus responded to the needs of people that were sick, the Bible said when He saw the sick and the halt and the maim, that bringing them out of every quarter, He was moved with compassion and healed the sick. Amen. He released that power because he, he identified with their need. He felt their need. He was hurt in their behalf. Hallelujah. Thank God for a God like that today. Thank God for a King like that today. Thank God for a Savior like that today. God has all power. He's omnipotent. 
God is all-knowing. Not only has the power to do it, He knows how to use that power in our behalf. He's omniscient. He knows all things. God is with us. He's omnipresent. He's here today. He's not sitting aloof in His heaven. He's here. When we came in, He came in. He came in. He came in with me. He came in with you. Hallelujah. And He doesn't need a crowd. Where two or more of you are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them. And two brothers, not known as national evangelists or faith healers, prayed the prayer of faith with compassion for me. And I was 62. I'm 71 and a half. 63, 64, 65, 65. Anyone bring your computer? How, say it real quick. How many years is that? I think that's right, nine and a half years. Yeah, nine and a half. You brought your computer right up here. Tell the rest of them, just because you ain't got nothing up there. I got my computer. Nine and a half years ago, a prayer of faith was prayed. To this day, no symptom of the problem. None whatsoever. But there had to be a point in time when I released my faith to receive. Whatsoever you ask in prayer, believing, you shall receive. There's a receiving into this. There's a receiving into this. It's not just up to God to give. It's up to us to receive. And in order to receive, to release our faith. At a time, and if I can what? What was her point of contact to receive? If I can but touch an issue of blood dying slowly from a bleeding that would not stop becoming anemic and weak. But she said, Jesus is coming here. And if I, now she had to know something about Jesus. She had to have some knowledge that he had a history and a record of responding and helping people in need. No matter what it was, there was nothing too hard for him to do, and he was doing it freely. She said, I, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I believe that I'm going to be healed. If I can make contact with so much as the hem of his garment, I believe that I'm going to be healed. She actually set up her time and place and person in order to receive. And by the way, when she touched him, he knew who did it, but something happened without him telling it to happen. It happened because he's Jehovah Rapha. It happened because he's the Lord, our physician. It happened because in him dwelt not some, but all of the Godhead body. Let me tell you something about the names of God that were given him, that was revealed to people and they they acknowledged it. The Lord, our peace. The Lord, our banner. The Lord, uh, our healer. The Lord, our righteousness. Once He has revealed Himself, a part of His character and being, He never changes. Whatever He was, say it with me, whatever He was, He is. And He always will be. Oh, say that again. I like that. Whatever he was, he is. 
And he always will be. Why? Because he's the Lord God of Israel. And he changes not. That's why every good and perfect gift comes down from this God, this unchanging one, this God, (laughs) the Father of lights, in whom there is no variableness, neither a shadow of turning. Whatever He was, He is today. And He always will be throughout all eternity. Jesus Christ, therefore, is the same yesterday, Today, say it with me. This might be your point of contact. Today. <laughs> Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of deliverance. It's not, not next week, next year. It's today. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It works in the now, in the present tense. Hope is future. Faith is always now. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know what she did? She got down and she pressed through that crowd. And I believe, I can in my mind's eye in the the descriptive part of Scripture, she had to get on her hands and knees and crawl because what she had in view was was the hem of His garment. The hem of His garment. She recognized His holy priesthood. She recognized His holy priesthood. He was prophet, priest, and king. Remember Ruth and Boaz? Ruth says, you want a, you want, you want a husband It's going to be good to you and a husband's going to provide for you and he's already got his eye on you. I got a bird at home. I got to hurry and tell this, but we got a bird that came. We got birds that we feed and we got woodpecker. We got, we got one time, there was how many doves at one time in our backyard eating? Eleven doves. Oh, what favor, what favor. Bring on the doves. Can you say amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. We, we had, we had, we, by the way, the only ones that fuss a lot is the doves. And I'm just saying, but anyway, you know, over the food. <laughs> you ain't supposed to fuss. You're a dove. You're not a blue jay. But then we have mockingbirds. We have blue jays. And we have those beautiful red cardinals. Amen. And, we, and, we, and some little fluorescent bird showed up the other day. Had a fluorescent blue stomach. And we still haven't figured out what he was. And we have wrens that come. And we love watching them come into the backyard. Such a peaceful thing. And, and the other day, a pigeon showed up. A speckled pigeon showed up. A big, fat, speckled pigeon showed up. With a little bitty head. He, he, he showed up. We named him Clarence. Big Clarence, we call him, because he's bigger than all the other birds. Uh, when you name them, they're your pet. You realize that. We named him Clarence the Pigeon. Big C, I call him. Got up this morning, couldn't find him. I said, where's Big C? We look for him every morning. What's that all about? What are you getting to? Listen, I thought about that because he didn't know how to eat. He probably got lost from whatever, a racing, but he didn't have a tag on his foot. But he didn't know how to fend for himself, but he's learning. But I made a, a do- took a dog dish and put seed in it, and he learned how to not just peck around, but go to the dog dish and eat directly the good seeds that I put for him to eat. And he's now eating out of that dog dish. He's sitting, uh, roosting around our home. And when he don't show up, we go looking for him. 
But when I first took a handful of seed out there and I threw it out, I thought about Boaz and Ruth. Ruth and her mother-in-law, because her son was killed and her husband is gone. And she wasn't a Jewish, but, but Ruth was. And they came down into Boaz's field. And they, they allowed people to do like they do the strawberry fields, to come in and glean the field. Amen. And they were gleaning the field. And Boaz saw Ruth. And he took handfuls of grain. And he took it and put it right in the row that they were coming handfuls on purpose everybody say handfuls on purpose he wanted to bless her and ruth knew oh boy amen listen listen and and and, and, and you know when you when you begin to move in with covenant people it makes all the difference in the world <laughs> amen ruth's mother-in-law said let's go let's go let's go down into down into his field and she said listen Wherever you go, I will go. And your people will be my people. Honey, we ought to get on board right now. We are Abraham's seed by faith. Come on, we ought to not see ourselves as some kind of outlanders or outcasts or someone who is some dog begging for the crumb from the master's table. We are, we are no longer. A, we've been grafted in to the true vine. A wild olive branch has been grafted in when they, anyone by faith would come and want to partake of the covenant, God would let them in. God would let them partake. Faith opens doors. Say it with me. Faith opens doors. Syrophoenician woman is drinking living water because she had faith. Give me this water. Wow, she's not a Jew. Samaritan. Amen. The woman that had the 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 uh, <laughs> the woman that had the 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 daughter home vexed of a devil wasn't a Jew. And you know what? He, he reminded her, you're not a Jew. You know what? She said, leaving the he said it's not me to give the children's bread. It, it does belong to covenant people. It's not it's not meat to give the children's bread to dogs. In other words, you you are you are no way partaker of the covenant she said oh but she worshiped him she worshiped him she oh my 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 and she said these immortal words true lord true lord but even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table and jesus eyes lit up and he said woman great is thy faith can you say man everybody say faith opens doors I said faith opens doors. Faith opens doors. Faith opens doors. Glory be to God. It's a master key. Amen. That God honors and He's given it to us. Praise the Lord. But I will never call myself or see myself as any less than any person born in Israel with a lineage to Abraham, because the Bible said he's a true Jew, not because of his family tree and lineage, but because of his faith in Christ. In Christ, the middle wall of partition between the covenant people and the no covenant people has been broken down, and we have become one. And God sees us as one holy nation. Not geographically and prophetically in the future, but spiritually we are one. There's neither Jew nor Greek, bond 
nor free, rich or poor. The wall is down. Hallelujah. Male or female. But ye are one spiritually. As far as God's love and God's covenant in the New Testament, we are one in Jesus Christ. And the blessings of faithful Abraham have come on us. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, her daughter is he. She doesn't have a covenant, but by faith, she's brought in. The door is opened. Centurion. He's got a servant he loves like a son, and the servant is dying. He's humble. He has shed blood in, in the Roman military. It's a bad way. It wasn't firing a shot from a sniper's bullet a mile away. He was with the short Roman sword and the shield. He saw, he saw the slash. He saw the incision made and the blood spurting out in the last gasp of a dying man. He felt totally unworthy to be in the presence of such a holy one as Christ. And he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I've got a servant that I love as a son. And the wonderful thing about Jesus was he was going to come there and heal him. He was going to come and heal him. He said, I will come to your house. He said, I'm not worthy that you should set foot under my roof. But I'm a man under authority. You know why? He was a centurion. Because Caesar... Under Caesar's authority, he was authorized to lead 100 men under him. Those under authority have been granted and delegated authority. Can you say man? He said, I'm a man under authority. And I tell men to go and they go. And I tell them to come and they come. Speak the word only. That's all you got to do. You don't have to come. I'm not worthy of that. But if you say it through your mouth, it'll be done. And Jesus said, look at him, look at him. I'm putting a southern twang on it. You know what he said? I have not found faith like this. I have not found faith. Listen, among my covenant people, this man's not in covenant with me, but he understands how authority works. He understands who I am, and he knows that I have enough power to do it, and he knows I've got enough compassion to do it. I have not, listen, I have not found faith like this. No, not in all of where? Israel. This Roman soldier gets it. And he got it. They didn't get it. Psalm 78 explains why a 40 day journey took 40 years. To wonder, I said, what was wrong with them? They saw the plagues in Egypt. They saw the Red Sea part. They saw Pharaoh's army destroyed. They saw it. They saw the manna. They ate it. Supernatural provision. Supernatural deliverance. They saw it. Psalm 78 said, how often did they provoke him 
in the wilderness. Yea, they turned back and limited and limited. They did what circumstances couldn't do. No water didn't limit God from giving them something to drink. He brought water. Oh, I know Moses smote the rock, but God did the miracle. Moses held the rod over the sea, but God parted it. Can you say, man? (laughs) He brought water out of a rock. He rained food out of heaven. He slayed Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. They saw all of that. And yet they limited the Holy One of Israel. He couldn't be glorified in them because they wouldn't cross over and claim the promised land. They turned back. And then they accused Him. To add on top of everything else, they accused Him. Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? (laughs) You said it today. It's an old cliche and it's not bad to say that. I say, I'll be there if the Lord be willing and the creek don't rise. Listen, if you really want to be there and you know the Lord is willing... It don't matter if the creek rises. How many believe He parted the Red Sea? I believe He can part the creek. Come on, I know I'm being facetious. But the God who parts the Red Sea can part your creek. But if you want your creek to be your excuse, you can use anything in the world. Can you say, man, (laughs) amen? My big toe hurts. My big toe hurts. I, I stubbed my toe. And I'm, I'm not coming. No, you're not coming because you're spiritually stagnant. And, but I'm going to tell you something. Somebody's telling me something from the Word of God to help me believe God, to bring me to a place that I can receive what He has purposed and promised me. I'm like a bird dog on point. I, I, he's got my undivided attention. Somebody telling me why it don't work, why he doesn't do these things, trying to biblically explain away the supernatural. I don't give the time of day. Brother Venable, why Why don't you listen? That guy's got this man. Listen, because he doesn't understand or appreciate what the Bible is teaching about the God that we are serving. He is the same God that Abraham trusted. He's the same God. He's the same Jesus that walked the shores of Galilee. But we've got to come to a place that we can have a point of contact, a time and a place and a person. Hallelujah! That we receive the answer from. When you pray, not after you pray, but when you pray, Whatsoever things you desire. When you pray, when you make God your source. When you pray, say it with me, when you pray. Believe that you receive them. When? When you pray. That means you've got to have your faith built up before you pray. You don't pray and then Try to build your faith. You build your faith so that you can pray in faith. What a day this is. Covenant people, we're not even getting the crumbs. We're not even getting the crumbs. 
We're not even, our faith is so little, we're not even believing Him for the crumbs. And Jesus said, if you can believe that much, you've got great faith. And He called that that He's purposed and provided for the covenant people. He called it the children's. Got that little hyphen before the S, belonging to. This is a right. And that's why James 5.14 said, if there's any sick, let them call. You've got a right to it. And that's why, are you still with me today? And that's why a woman come into a temple and she was a Jew. This is before the cross and before the bringing in of the Gentiles. But she was a Jewess and she had a crippling disease. And they were out to get Jesus. Even if he healed somebody on the Sabbath, they said he's breaking the Sabbath because he did a work. And they were watching him as she came in. And he saw her bent over like that. And there are sicknesses. Well, let me just say this. All sickness began with the fall. The curse. And all of it. Satan is the instigator. He is the afflictor. Many are the afflictions. God is still always the deliverer. Hallelujah. And he saw this woman coming in like that. She's in the temple. Now there's priests in the temple. But they're not laying hands on anybody. They're not trying to help anybody get free. They're limited. You, you had to go to the pool of Bethesda. You couldn't go to the temple. You had to go somewhere where God showed up once a year to prove He's still God, even though the church couldn't demonstrate it at all. Amen? Why did God send an angel once a year to remind Israel, you've got a prayer answering God. You've got a God of wonders. You've got a God of the supernatural. Hallelujah. He is not the, the proponent, the propagator of a dead religious system. He's a living God. He's a loving God. He's a listening God. He's a lifting God. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Who says, call on me in the time of trouble. And I will deliver you and thou shalt glorify me. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. 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 Oh, if the church dies out and the miracles completely stop and for all practical purposes, we're no different from the world about us. God is still God. Jesus is still on the throne. There's still power in His name. Hallelujah. Woo! Hallelujah. Who has a God like our God? Amen. We need to do more than say it and put it on a banner. We need to demonstrate it. Hallelujah. 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 Every day I live, I declare this God sits on the throne. This God answers prayer. This God is faithful. The name of Jesus is powerful. Every moment of my life is a testimony. Hallelujah. But when we're satisfied with a big choir, and we're satisfied with all the church activities, and we're satisfied to go to a full gospel church and not even experience the presence of God anymore, loud music, like the Indian chief that went to a revival, he had been filled with the Holy Spirit when the missionaries came years before. Somebody came supposed to be a great preacher and they said come on chief you're a christian you got to come hear this man well there was no power but the guy sure was a great speaker 
He went in, sat through the service. On the way home, they said, well, chief, what did you think of the service? He said, much thunder, much wind, no rain, no rain. What was he talking about? He's talking about God showing up. God showed, oh yes, you're entertained. Oh yes, it was cut and dried. Oh yes, it was timely. Oh yes, it was comfortable and entertaining. But did God show up? And if He doesn't show up, would you miss Him? Remember Carol that used to sing on the platform with us, go to church with us? Carol Kimball used to be Carol Pogue. She lives in Maine now. They were snowed in for months. Snowed in. And I told my wife, I said, we were, we were laughing. We make, you know, we make, you know, we. I said, if Carol gets cabin feeder, fever and goes crazy, how will we know? <laughs> Sometimes we all get a little goofy. <laughs> Say, man, listen, if the Holy Ghost don't show up, if he don't show up, if he doesn't show up, amen, church will go on without missing him. Because it's not dependent on him. It's dependent on our presentation, our program, whatever we have planned. And it is entertaining. You don't get healed through entertainment. You don't get healed through some kind of emotional excitement. The healing comes through the anointing. It broke the yoke then. It breaks the yoke now. And there's no substitute for the Holy Spirit. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Wow. Centurion is not a Jew. But faith unlocked the door to what was exclusively to the covenant people. He said to Abraham's seed as they came out of Egypt, I will put none of the diseases on you that have come upon the house of Egypt, for I am Jehovah Rapha, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Can you say man? An Assyrian can get healed by faith. An Assyrian captain He's not Abraham's seed. It's the old covenant. And he has a Hebrew servant. But she knows the God of Israel is Jehovah Rapha. Hallelujah. He's got leprosy. His, his, his money, his class, his authority means nothing now because he's required when he's approaching anybody to remind them to stay away from himself and cry unclean back off. He couldn't hug his family. They couldn't hug him. He couldn't interact with people. He couldn't go into the courts and drink wine with the, with the captains uh, uh, any longer because of leprosy. He's an outcast and he's downcast. And he's going to die a miserable death while his body is eaten up by this devastating devil-sent disease. And a little Hebrew servant girl loves her master. And she says to this proud Assyrian captain, there's a prophet down in Israel that will call on the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of Israel. And he can heal your incurable disease. And that guy in desperation goes down and knocks on the door of the prophet. And the prophet knows he's coming. And he knows what's holding him back. And it was pride. 
It was pride. God resists the proud but gives grace to what? The humble. He doesn't have a covenant to claim. But he, he has heard of a God who is good. A God who is gracious. A God who is all-powerful. Can you say man? And he's standing at the door of the prophet. And the prophet knows he's at the door. He sends Gehazi to the door. <laughs> Amen. Gehazi comes to the door. He said, I want to see your master. He said, well, he's tied up right now. He's busy. But he told me what to tell you. He says, if you want to be healed by the God of Israel, you go down. See, it's an act of faith and an act of humility and contrition. You go, you go down to the River Jordan. And you dip in it seven times, and you will be healed. He gave him an act of obedience by faith. Everybody say obedience by faith. Faith is not just something you feel, it's something you do. If I can but touch, if I can but touch, speak the word, roll the stone away, and you'll see the glory of God. But you got to do what you can do before you'll see what I can do. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. So, so he says... Where? Jordan. When it was over at Banks, flood tide, it was a muddy old river. It had no, no uh, you know, it wasn't a famous river. It wasn't like way down upon the Swanee River. There was no song about it at that time. He said, are not there more honorable rivers in Assyria? Can't I go to that church uptown? We had Roy Leap come to our church one time. Back when we were thriving, the weatherman in Tampa until he retired. He came to one service, never came back again. <laughs> if you are any kind of celebrity, our church wouldn't give you any prominence. We had people come that left because their friends told them, you go down to that old church in Suffer Springs, that independent church down there, that preacher nobody's heard of. Yeah. Yeah, you know why? You know why they came? Because they had heard that God was showing up. And that's why when Annette came, and she was going to commit suicide because she, she was living with a, with a drug pusher and addict, and she was addicted to a $100 a day habit just to feed her need for drugs. And her children had been taken from her, and she'd been diagnosed with cancer in her female organs. She came with her sister on a Sunday morning because the sister said, Come to church with me before you do anything. Just come to one service. There's a lot of churches in Tampa, but she came to a church, hallelujah, that had seen God move, that had seen the miracles, that believed that Jesus Christ is the same. I did not preach on healing nor deliverance that morning, but I know whatever I preached, it was Jesus, it was Jesus, it was Jesus. Can you say man? And something got a hold of her in the back row. And and first thing that came was Holy Ghost conviction came on her. She came down to get saved. Hallelujah. And God gloriously saved her soul. But then she was needed deliverance from drugs. And she asked for prayer for deliverance. And God set her free from drug addiction. And then... The next service she came down, she came down because she had been saved and set free. She came down for healing. <laughs> and, and somebody was here that went down in the basement with her last week or week before. 
She felt God touch her. Remember people that felt in their body that they were healed? Went downstairs and passed the cancer. How many years ago was that? Twenty? Twenty? Two decades? More than that. Thirty years ago. Good gracious, Annette's probably getting gray. Amen. Amen. I, I, I took care of a funeral for one of her kids uh, some years ago, maybe seven or eight years ago. She's alive and well and kicking up her heels. God did it. God did it. God did it. God did it. So why did people come down in the bad part of town to the little church with the little preacher who's a nobody? Because God was showing up in the services. Because He doesn't honor whether you're a somebody or a nobody as your faith be, as your faith be, as your faith be, as your faith be, so be it unto you. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise them up. Amen. So I'm so glad that I have seen these things. I'm so glad I don't have to teach a message about what Jesus used to do 2,000 years ago on the sandy shores of Galilee. But what He did and is doing right in Brandon and in Tampa and in Florida and in the United States and in the nations of the world... God never changes. Jesus is the same. The church has changed. Amen. But God has not changed. And you can get by until you need a miracle. But when you need a miracle, you need faith to receive it. You've got a God who will do it. Hath He not said it? And shall He not do it? Well, then why didn't He do it for Israel? Because they limited the Holy One of Israel. And Paul talks about it to the Hebrews. Beware, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief. For not everyone that came out of Egypt went into the promised land. Remember the lesson of Egypt and their deliverance. Don't ever forget that God honors faith and faith honors God. And God wants you to believe. And God wants you to receive. Two people that were not Abraham's seed. Let me finish three things. Speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. I haven't found faith like this. No, not in all of Israel. I haven't found what like this? Faith like this. Because if I find faith like this, things are going to happen. I've found doubt. I've found unbelief. I've found discouragement. I've found people that know where faith comes from and don't avail themselves of the Word of God. 30 minutes on Sunday. Somebody preaching what's appropriate for that day or that holiday is not going to build your faith to receive. You've got to get deeper in the Word than that. Remember the church that Jesus said, Thou hast a name that lives? You have a name that represents life, but you're dead. Used to, there were certain denominations. If you go to any church under that banner, you could expect the power of God to move. Amen. You remember when? If it had that label on it, it meant full gospel. 
It meant there was going more than tongues. Holy Spirit was moving and God was manifesting His Shekinah. Hallelujah. Singing would start, wouldn't long until the anointing would start flowing in that audience. Preaching would start and the anointing would start flowing in that audience. Prayer would begin to be given and you could sense God in the room. God in the midst. Hallelujah. Oh, remember the song? That nostalgic pop song, those were the days, my friend, I thought they'd never end. Well, they did end. They did end. Why did they end? We had people come to our church at the Old Holy Church of God. They went to a prestigious church because that's where their friends went. They wanted to identify with that church. And they knew if they came into Sulphur Springs, you're, you're stepping down, not stepping up. And you know what that is? You know what that is? That's pride. Your daddy told me about some people that were going to come with him to church when he was coming here. But he said, Brother Venable, they won't because of their pride. You just got a little church over there, little humble preacher. Amen. I was on TV in Africa. It went live to Africa and Doug snatched it from the website, put it up on our website, and uh, Mike saw it. And I was being interviewed by, by the, the man who's part of that, that ministry to Africa and ministry also to Pakistan. And Mike saw it, and he said, after the service, he said, Brother Venable, he said, I saw that. He said, you look like somebody important. I didn't know how to take it. <laughs> well, it is a compliment because you know me. I'm no big shot. But he said, on there, you look like someone important. And I appreciate it. Praise God. He was proud of his pastor. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. But people wouldn't come. They would sit in a church without a testimony. In order for the prestige and the cut and dried service. Honey, when you need a miracle, you need the word, you need the anointing, you need, you need to take some time. You need to pray that the preacher's got a message from the heart of God and not one he just put together for Sunday morning that is relevant to you personally. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Of God. Jesus said, When you pray, believe. When you pray, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them. And what's going to happen? Nobody knows. That's not what Jesus said. That's what we reflect. That's not what Jesus taught. And you shall have them. Can't be against His will, but that's why we got the Word. If thou wilt, thou canst make me whole. What was his answer? I will. You, you, don't, you don't mess with that. You grab a hold of that. Hallelujah. And Jesus just touched him. Just touched him. Just touched him. All it took was his touch. And immediately, the leprosy fell away from him. This is so wonderful. We have testimonies and we'll get them in when we can. God is moving once again. I don't want to miss it. I'm living in this. I'm watching people shipwrecked that come to church to get a message for somebody else. 
come to church to get a word to give somebody else instead of get the word for themselves as if they've come to a place. Oh, honey, I heard a guy preaching the other day. I even forget his name, but I pulled my car over. I pull my van over. You can't find it just anywhere anymore. I pull my van over and said, I got to hear this. It was a testimony. It was a testimony. And I didn't want to miss it. The man from India that I was talking about. Amen. That saw his daddy minister and saw the miracles in India. When the man got run over in the street in front of the church, they brought him in dead. He said, lay him on the table. They threw him up on the table. He said, let's gather around him. And and he was missing his arm. And he had bled out. And he said, where's his arm? Now see, God told him to do that. Anybody just can't do that. And I'm a believer. I'm a believer from top to bottom. I don't believe anything's too hard for God. But when he does things like he did, it's still hard to believe. Come on, we're... Listen... God is God is God. And there is a gift of faith that can go into operation for His will to be done. He will to heal that man regardless of his death, regardless of his arm being off and him bleeding out. He said, go get his arm. I wouldn't do that if that happened out here unless the Holy Spirit said, bring that man in here. If He said, bring him in, I'd bring him in. Because the gift... What, what about, when does the gift of faith operate? It operates when God wants something done and He's got a law of faith that's going to allow it to be done and He gives the gift of faith so we can believe Him for it so it can be done. Amen. So the guy with the gift of faith, oh, by the way, everybody say, Holy Spirit. Every gift of the Spirit is resident in the Holy Spirit. And we have been what? Filled with what? Filled with? Come on. Oh, the devil wants us to stay at the tongue stage. The devil wants us to say, come tie my bow tie and join the club of spiritually elite. No, this is tongues without love is sounding brass and tinkling cymbal. And tongues without faith is dead. There's life in us, but there's no faith to turn God loose in us and through us and to us. They bring him in. I have no reason to doubt this man. They threw him up on the table. He said, where's his arm? They said, it's out there. He said, go get it. And they brought in the arm. And I talked to him. And, and I'd love him to come preach for me some Sunday. Would you love him to come, the guy from India? He's got a testimony. And he saw this. He said... He said they put his arm where it was supposed to be on his body and then all those people gathered around to pray and he said, I couldn't see over them. But I heard the man cough. I saw the man get up. I saw the man with no blood-soaked clothes but no blood running from his body. I saw the man with an arm that he had raised in praise to God. I saw that creative miracle with my own eyes. And then he came to America. And then he came to America. People that have seen God move so mightily are disappointed when they get in America. Because the church in America 
is about steeples and stained glass and people to build our symbol of success. And the faith level. Because the word, I'm Pentecostal. My Bible study at the Holy Church of God to teach the word of God had 8 to 12 people out of 150 when it was at its height. 8 to 12 came to be taught the word of God. Over 100 came just to get a prophecy or a touch from God, to fall out in the spirit. And the problem is without faith, many that fell out because of the manifest presence of God got up with the same problem they fell down with. And it would wear the pastor out and not get the job done. And we're going to receive our offering in a moment. Receive Holy Communion. Here's what I want you to get in Holy Communion. Number one, Psalm 105 says, He brought them out with silver and gold. They gave them money to leave. And He did not want them to be indebted to anybody until He brought them into their own land and they became prosperous. He brought them out that He might bring them in and He brought them out with silver and gold. He wanted them to be dependent on Him and not them, anybody along the way. And there was not one, not one, not one feeble one among them. Not one. Isn't that incredible? When you take a million people, and that's where the Ten Commandments broke down the movie, and I love the movie with Charlton Heston. But when it showed the old and the sick on carts being pulled out, there was not one, not one, not one on a card. Everybody was walking healed out of that place of bondage. Strengthened supernaturally. Because they ate the lamb with the staff in their hand. They said, when we get done with this meal, with that blood on the doorpost, and we partake of the lamb, we're out of here. And that Pharaoh and that army is not going to be able to stop us. And we're packed up and ready to go. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're in a state of expectant faith right now while we're eating this meal. We eat it with what? Waiting to see if there's going to be a deliverance. No, they had their staff in their hand. They're, they're receiving it. They're receiving it while they're eating it. Amen. They actually received it while they ate the lamb. Because they had their staff in the hand. And then all they had to do is just walk away. And not even a dog could bark. God said, my deliverance is complete. And that barking dog can't bark at you as you leave. And that barking Pharaoh, with all his threats, is not going to be able to stop me from bringing my people out of his bondage. Hallelujah. And it's time for that mighty deliverance to come.